It's difficult to write a book where a character is on virtually every page of the book, but you cannot refer to his or her gender. It gets rid of every his, her, she, and he. William Least Heatmoon. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Our question today is, how do I write somebody of a different gender than me? The quick answer is, write them like anyone else. I see so many people online saying, hey, I'm female, I have no clue how to write a guy. You have so many terrible examples of male authors writing female characters because they think they're different than males. All of this weirdness comes from distancing the opposite gender instead of humanizing them. We aren't really getting into writing trans or non-binary people because that is a whole different kind of subject that's a lot closer to the how to write LGBTQ people that we did in, I think, a couple years ago. That, I think, takes a lot more of a delicate, but you can take a lot of the principles we're talking about today and use it for writing trans, non-binary people of not male-female genders. Something to keep in mind as you're writing is the role that gender plays with the characters. One of the things that drives me absolutely batty in a lot of pop culture is that everything has to be sexualized. If they're aligning sexualities, the readers are going to do it anyway. You as the author don't need to promote that if that's not a romantic subplot that you're trying to portray. In reality, especially in our world today, gender really doesn't play a huge role in a lot of stories, or at least it shouldn't, except for if you're writing certain romances. I love that our world has come to a place where it doesn't matter what gender you are, you can have a great, fantastic role in whatever story it is. So mix it up, be free with it. Now, as for how to actually write somebody, first we're going to talk about how to write men. A lot of the things that I see as far as failures in writing men come in the romanticizing. I just finished reading a series where the main character is like six foot five or seven, and his romantic interest is five nothing. Six feet is tall enough, thank you very much. We don't need to have him seven and a half feet tall in order to be attractive. Here's the thing. A lot of female authors tend to treat men in their stories like male authors used to treat women in their stories by highly sexualizing them, basing a lot of it off of looks and appearance and height and stature If you want to write a truly good male character as a female author, you need to treat them how you would want a male author to treat a female character, by making them a real person. Give them emotional range. Give them vulnerability and strengths. You don't need to make them a teddy bear that is wrapped in a six and a half foot tall muscular male that looks like Henry Cavill. I will also see women writing males going, he's angry. That's an emotion, so he's an emotional character. But his only emotion being anger is just as annoying as her only emotion being weepy and sad. 
there are a lot more males that are open and willing to talk about their feelings if there's someone willing to listen. And they're definitely showing more emotions than just anger. There are some differences. However, you do need to give them opportunities to be emotional. Give them an opportunity to express joy. Give them an opportunity to express their sadness or their frustration or ambivalence. Fear. Yeah, fear. They have a range of emotions, believe it or not, like we all do. Now, there are a couple of things that I've noticed in my life that men tend to be different than women. This doesn't necessarily mean they're better. They're just different. And I see these things, for the most part, fall along gender lines. The general tendency is that men tend to be more focused while women tend to be better at multitasking. A lot of that comes down to the men's ability to think about nothing that women can't. We have to feel like we're doing something constantly all the time. That ability to focus evolutionarily makes them great hunters. Women's multitasking is sort of the counter to that. So they balance each other out. Of course, you have things like neurodivergencies that make a difference here. Also, another thing to consider is they have a much higher center of gravity. That center of gravity is across the shoulders. So if they are carrying something, men will carry it across the shoulders. We'll talk in a minute about women get it on their hips. But that power up above does allow them to especially build a lot of mass and force equals mass times acceleration. Men will beat out women in equal terms 90% of the time as far as offensive abilities. Women have better placed mass defensively. I have heard people say that because ovaries don't play a factor in combat, men and women are exactly the same. This is not my understanding. They both have advantages. They both have disadvantages. It just depends on how you want to train your characters. I would not recommend giving your five foot nothing female character a Highlander blade because she just doesn't have the right stature and leverage to be able to wield that correctly. You're better off going to be giving her something a lot more dexterous to work with. When you're writing women, there are certain things to keep in mind as well. And even if you are a female author, I do see some of these mistakes still being made. The first thing that I've noticed, again, this is in my experience with combat, fighting both men and women, women generally have a higher pain tolerance than men. And you'll see this in everyday life with what they call the man flu, where women will more easily get back up and keep going despite physical inhibitions. You know, the Victorian era really played some bad tricks on our society in teaching women that they are frail beings that cannot handle anything. Part of me wonders if this was weaponized incompetence. Yes, part of the reason women have a higher pain tolerance is because we go through so much pain. I mean, monthly and childbirth and genetically we have reasons to have a higher tolerance for pain. Another way that I see people miswrite females is they're doing their own thing, they're kicking butt and taking names, and then they fall in love and immediately become this poor weeping victim. 
please don't write it that way. And that especially should not be attractive to your male lead. Men, remember this. Body parts don't have emotions of their own. Especially body parts that tend to get sexualized. Guess what? Boobs? They don't smile. They don't get startled. They don't walk by separate from the person attached to them. Hair does not have opinion. This is, I think, a big problem we see in a lot of 90s fiction. I'm sorry. If my boobs start talking, I am very concerned. We're going to the mental hospital at that point. (laughs) Yes. Now, when it comes to combat, like I mentioned earlier, women carry their weight on their hips as compared to men on their shoulders. That means they have a lower center of gravity, which makes them more stable on their feet. Because their center of gravity is lower than most men's, they are able to get underneath the men a lot easier and get them off of their feet. It's weird to me that a lot of female characters kick a lot. Two feet on the ground is the majority of the female's advantage in combat. And I think that's the best thing to remember when writing males or females in combat is you need to take those differences in physicality into account as you're writing that. The biggest thing to remember, though, is just don't overthink it. There are so many authors that treat the other gender as mysterious and elusive and, oh, we'll never understand it. And that's often a result of that overthinking it. Remember that gender expression is in a spectrum. So you can have a female who is very feminine. You can also have a female who isn't as feminine. You can have a male who is slightly feminine. There are all sorts of different personalities that you can have, and gender doesn't really play that big of a role. It is the person. So write them as a human or whatever race species that you have in your story. And keep in mind that whatever the emotion is, is not gender specific. A better developed person of the opposite gender experiences the full range of emotions on both sides. Reactions are based on backstory, not on gender. I will say that if you are throwing these stereotypes in intentionally because of comedic purposes or whatever, I believe The Office does a bunch of that. Throw in stereotypes for both sides, make fun of yourself as well as the opposite gender. And I think the best advice is to avoid the all men or all women statements. Just stay true to the character. There is so much more that goes into crafting a character than their gender. You need to consider personality, society, their environmental surroundings, their backstory. All of that makes way more difference in writing a character than whether they are male, female, or non-binary, or whatever. If you're confused, in your manuscript, pick a character and swap their gender. See what happens. If all of a sudden your man is walking with his hips first, that might be a good indicator that you are writing in a fairly sexist way. It is your job to honor the character as the author. It is also your job to honor the character for your audience's sake. So make sure that you're honoring the character, you're honoring your audience, and you're honoring yourself when you write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.